Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for joining us as we continue on Beatitudes. Uh, We have already taught from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. We started off with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Then last week we we taught about, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This week we're looking at, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And as we get, again, as we, you guys are going to be looking at this, we talked at the beginning that these things, Beatitudes, are connected. They really are, it's, it's, and it's amazing to, to see how they're connected and how they work one top of the other. On the, in the first Beatitude, we saw poor in spirit, and we saw that there's humility uh, that we need to have when we compare it to who our Heavenly Father is, that so that way we can come humbly before Him uh, in that poverty of the spirit or poor in spirit. Uh, the next one, when we talked about mourning, we talked a lot about lament and repentance and coming before God and trusting God. I think that was such a powerful thing for us to look into that kind of teaching and to add that to our everyday uh, spiritual walk of turning to God, um, complaining to God, uh, asking God, and trusting God. It was very powerful. Just like we, when we, when we were teaching about that, we looked at David how he went through those stages. It's just so amazing. But I love that, even though there's complaints and all these things, it's that trust, and I think that that gives us that comfort. And then the, the today, as we're looking at the word meekness. We're going to look into the word for for today is surrender. Is surrendering to the Holy Spirit, to the Comforter that comes that comes to for us um, to surrender to to God, to surrender all that we are to God. So let the Spirit work in us. So we're very excited about it. But before we we move into the word of meekness and the word of um, inheriting the earth. We want to, again, for, for those who did not hear the teaching, want to look into what the word blessed means. Just as a reminder, the there is no verb in this poetic, uh, these poetic statements known as the Beatitudes. The Beatitude, the word itself, uh, comes from the Latin word for blessing. And it over and over again, it says, blessed, poor in spirit, blessed, the mourner, blessed, the meek, blessed, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So when Jesus is proclaiming these blessings, some of the translations say that it might be more accurate to say, oh, happy is the one who, or congratulations to. Either way, it's meant to hit our ears and strike a chord that, that is dissonant from what we would expect. You know, you congratulate someone when they graduate with a degree after years of hard work. You congratulate someone once they're newly married after the event. And so the thing to understand is that as he's proclaiming these blessings, while there is a not yet future focus that will have fulfillment in the coming of his kingdom and in all of its glory, there is a fulfillment in the here and now. And the lack of verb is intentional because he's he is declared in chapter four, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And here he is explaining the blessings from the perspective of the king of that kingdom with all the authority of the king over that kingdom 
that this is who the kingdom belongs to, the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek. If you want to find Jesus, you will find his face. You will find him among these people groups and among us who, who are heavy laden with these, uh, with these burdens, with the, the sense of grief about the state of sin in our lives and in the world, um, who sense that we are completely lost without God. Um, and those who would take our power and surrender it to the comforter, which we received in the process, um, to the Holy Spirit who is here to guide us. So just as God created all the heavens and the earth and proclaims blessings upon it, he calls out Abraham, he blesses Abraham and the land. Uh, here in the same way with that authority, Jesus calls out a blessing over his kingdom and over the very first people who will be inheriting it. And just to confirm this, at the end of the sermon, uh, we see that the, the people commented that it, this is a chapter, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. When he finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. In other words, when he says, blessed are the meek, he's saying the meek, you are now blessed by the, by the all power that has been given to him on heaven and on earth. Um, those things that are not have been spoken into existence. It's not just as if someone sneezed and you say, God bless mm -hmm. you with a well wish. Um, this is said with authority, with conviction, and it is now so. He has taken the upside down kingdom and he is making it right side up through the very words that he's proclaiming. Amen. I feel like every time you describe it, there's another nugget in there, and I love I love hearing it. So I'm glad that we're gonna hear it five more times. And oh, I think, and I, think there's, I think there's gonna be a new nugget each and every time that I'm blessed by, and I'm sure those who are listening are blessed also. So let's get into it. So meek. Uh, it's it's I think it's a it's such a hard word for, at least for me. For me, when I hear meekness and Christianity, I do not. It doesn't come together for me. We tend to think of meekness and weakness. So if yes. you do think of it as a Christian, it's the meek and mild Jesus who plays with the little children. And yes, he did that, you know, and he, he was mild mannered and all of that. He, he declares himself as being meek, which yeah. we're going to get into. But this is also the same Jesus who came with authority and flipped tables in the temple. So there's some understanding of meekness. If Jesus is a picture of meekness, there's obviously something in our definition that is not weak. Something else that we need to see when we look at this word meekness. Yeah, the the thing with, with meekness that if you Google meekness and stuff like stuff like that, you will see that a lot of people say meekness is not weakness, but meekness is strength under control or under surrender. We look at this. Um, I always like the story about a, a Mustang horse when it gets broken into by their master. They don't lose all that amazing power. They just surrender it to the one who, who rides the Mustang. So we're, we we kind of have that same understanding of that surrender. I think that, that we mentioned it earlier that that's going to be the word for this teaching. And we really need to understand that, that as Christians, this meekness becomes a total surrender to God and to under Holy Spirit. Now, when we were looking at this, we, were, we started to discuss this. We're like, well, what power do we have that we need to surrender to God? And this is going to be a hard one. I believe it's a hard one that this power was given by God to us. All the gifts, all the talents that we would be using yeah. 
for our flesh and for sin, mm -hmm. um, plus the spirit given gifts and graces that we receive, but yeah. they all have to come under submission because apart from Christ, they're, we're wild and destructive yeah. and we can do no good. But under the influence of the Holy Spirit, those, all those talents and gifts and, and skills and abilities that we have, right, they now become useful for his purposes. Yeah. So the exactly it's the 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 next key is the Holy Spirit. It's going to be this this fight. Um, Paul talks about it all the time. But we have the this power of free will, and that's what we need to submit to God. I know this this is this be a, might be a hard teaching about giving up your free will that God gave us at the beginning. Right? He gave us the ability to choose, and sadly we chose wrong in the beginning. But that's what we need to surrender. That's that's the meekness. Because again, when you look when you look at Jesus, he might have been meek and mild manner and talked to her, but not in the spirit. He casted out demons and spoke against sickness, and he spoke against uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees and those who ruled in the wrong way and and guided the children of God into wrong paths. There was no meekness when he spoke the word of truth. So that's kind of need to understand that it's the flesh that needs to surrender. It's the flesh that needs to go to have that meekness. But the spirit in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, timidity but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. It's, it's this... There's power behind the uh, the spirit. There's power behind the name. All we we can do many things in the name of the Lord, but in the flesh we can't. So that's what we have to surrender. That's what we have to give me. If you look at uh, one of the most famous, I think people who've never read the Bible, but or Christians or anything like that, but they know David and Goliath. I love this. Or even before I became a Christian, I love this. The scripture in First Samuel seventeen forty five, David comes against Goliath. Goliath just insulted him and made fun of him and all that stuff. And we do, we get this description of of Goliath of this big strong person with heavy armor and everything else. And David speaks in power. He says, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty." the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He had no power. David had no power. The only power that he had is coming in the name of the Lord. That is the power that we can stand strong. That's the power that we don't walk around in meekness and weakness and all that other stuff. We come in the name of the uh, my, One of the most powerful eye-opening things was in Jude. If you, if you go to Jude, this is, a, this is an eye-opener for us. To understand how powerful the word of God is and how little we are. Because when you look in Jude chapter 1, verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 9, and I know Jude has only one chapter, but I'm just used to it. Jude, Jude 9, it says, But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him now this is archangel michael the toughest of the toughest he's going against satan himself 
but he doesn't say like, well, I am going to cast you down or anything else. He says, the Lord rebukes you. Even Archangel Michael knows that the power that he has only, only comes from the Lord. That is, a, that is the powerful part of it. So when we start thinking that we're something that we're not in our spiritual ways as Christians, when we start looking at our degrees or looking at how long we've been serving the Lord or how many services we, we attend to or how many ministries we're part of or how many sermons we preach, all that stuff, if it's not for the name of the Lord, there's nothing. I think Jesus, Jesus reminds us perfectly about this. Jesus reminds us perfectly of that in John chapter 5, verse 19. This is Jesus. He says, Jesus gave me this answer. I tell you the tr truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. At, uh, at later on, he also says, I only say what my father tells me to say. Even Jesus right here, he's talking about his fully surrender. You know, Jesus has fully surrendered to God and his, and his authority and his power. And he says, I, I'm not doing any of this. I'm only doing what the father's doing. That's where his power comes from. And we need to understand that because sometimes we become very prideful, very strong about well i'm st first of all i'm still a man or let me put i almost put my cross down or all this i lost my christianity in a second but when it comes to preaching the word or or loving on people or showing joy or peace or kindness or self-control all those fru fruits of the spirit all of a sudden we become very meek that's where we choose to be meek oh no you know what i don't want to offend them oh i don't I, I don't think i'm ready to pray for somebody or oh, i'm not now we're spiritually weak. It should be the opposite. But it should be the opposite. In the flesh, we should be weak. In, in the spirit, all power and authority has been given to us through the Holy Spirit, through the Son. That's where we become more powerful. So we need to change that in our minds about this word meekness. Because, yeah, we look at, we look at this idea of you know, if you get slapped in the face, and later on in chapter, Jesus talks about, turn the other cheek. I have the power in the spirit to choose self-control and turn the other cheek. Which takes more strength. Absolutely. It it's does. way easier than to swing back. To swing back. It's absolutely easier to swing back. And right? that, yeah, and that reminds me of Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus is being arrested. Um, the men step forward. This is uh, Matthew 26, starting in verse 50. It says, The men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of his companions, remaining nameless, <laughs> although probably Peter, uh, reached for his sword. He drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels, how then would scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? This is such the picture of, of meekness, mm -hmm. because the opposite of meekness is violence. It's mm -hmm. taking things by force. It's taking things by your own strength, your own cunning, by the ways of this world that you outsmart people and you manipulate and you get yours, you get what's coming to you, mm -hmm. um, what you think you deserve, and specifically through violence. And 
when they try to respond in this way, in defense of Jesus, he rebukes them. And he says, this is not the kind of revolution that I'm bringing. I'm, yeah. I'm bringing a kingdom that the, the meek will inherit the earth, yeah. the meek. So not those who, who, those who draw the sword will die by the sword. And he, but the, the bigger image here that we can grasp is that he's able to stop that and say that because he knows what that violence would start and what would ensue and it would not glorify the father. And he already knows what he is called to do, what he will fulfill. He knows that there's, there's an authority behind it. Yeah. He knows that he has 12 legions of angels. So the, so the reason that you can turn the other cheek is not because you're a doormat, but it's because you know that you have the power of heaven and earth behind you. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords um, will ultimately, vengeance belongs to the Lord and not to you. That's and the, he will have the last word. Yeah, and I'm, so you can be meek mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you have authority and you have power mm -hmm. that they know nothing about, mm -hmm. um, which is another scene where Jesus is before the crucifixion he, he's confronted and told do you not know that i have the power to mm, yes, crucify and he yes. says you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above yes so it's that same picture so we as christians we're called to be meek but in order to truly be meek you it's not weakness you have to have power you have to have authority you have to have strength but then it has to be surrendered surrendered, yeah. surrendered being the key word so if you if you're weak and you surrender, that's that's not meekness. That's just, that literally is just, just weakness. weakness yeah. But if you have power and authority, which comes to you through the Holy Spirit, because again the way these beatitudes build on each other, because you were poor in spirit and you realized you were lost without God, so you called out to Him and you inherited salvation. Because you repented and grieved the state of sin in your life and in the world, and you received the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. who's the Comforter from on high who will lead you and guide you into all truth and will give you the words that you need to say when you need to say it. Because of that, you can now be meek mm. and be blessed in meekness. Amen. 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 And I, I love it. It's it's when we take on this, the strength of the spirit, that's when we can truly um, change the world for the kingdom. It's, I, I, just, I just love that. I love that picture of... It talks in the in the later on in the chapter about the whole thing. If somebody makes you walk a mile, walk the second one. That's power. Like it's it's honestly there's so much power when somebody makes you walk a mile. Again, we taught about this that back in the days that any Roman soldiers can tell could tell the Jew to carry their armor for a mile. But after a mile, you can just drop that thing and walk away. Legally, that legally, you can you had the right to be like, yeah, I'm done. But to have authority in the spirit to walk an extra mile, to show kindness, to show gentleness, to show love, to show joy, to show peace. And like, you know what? I got you. You know what? I'll walk another mile. That is surrendering your flesh and walking in the spirit. And I know those Christians at that time who actually did that, I have a feeling somebody did it. You know, they heard, they heard Jesus in the back of their minds, like, oh, yeah, that's what took it literally. I would be that Christian. I'd be like, well, what Jesus said, I guess I got to carry it. I'll be looking for Romans. With so much joy, though. Yeah, I would be, like, <laughs> looking for Roman soldiers. Like, hey, you sure you don't want me to walk? No, it doesn't work the same way. But it's, it's just, you take, you take the power. You take the power of the world, 
and you submit it unto the spirit and it becomes something. And I know it would bless the soldier. Why are you why are you mocking me? Well, I was listening to this rabbi Jesus, and this is what he said. This is this is how I show kindness. This is how you know, I think it's become such a and we can do that each and every day in our workplace and our schools, um, in our churches, of that walking an extra mile with joy, however that looks like. That's powerful. It's when we totally deny ourselves. I love Paul. Paul in, in Philippians chapter three, he talks about all that he is. Right? He's a Pharisee, he's a Pharisee. He was born in the in the tribe of Benjamin and all the all the good things about him. He persecuted he was zealous and persecuted the church and everything else. But 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 he says in verse seven, chapter three, verse seven says, but, wh but whatever was to my profit and now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I love that. I absolutely love that, that he, when compared to what we have in Jesus, what we have in the Holy Spirit, nothing else. That's why we should be able to surrender our flesh. That's that's where, where we can do that because what what we get out of the surrender is that love, joy, and peace <laughs> that sur surpasses all understanding. Anyone can do eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, right? Anyone can can love their friends and hate their enemies. Anyone this mm -hmm. and again, we could get into the whole Sermon on the Mount. These are the things that Jesus goes on to explain, and he's starting with this introduction here, and he's fleshing it out later, saying that it's those who operate in the flesh can do these things, but the ones who are stronger because they're filled with the Holy Spirit, because they're operating not by their own power, not by their own spirit, but by his spirit, they're able to do so with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? Mm -hmm. So that is so much harder to do, to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you, to, to turn the other cheek, to not demand eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but but to give above and beyond, you know, to in your workplace, what does that look like that, you know, that looks like going, you know, right now we're in the midst, there's this big trend, it's called the quiet quit, where people literally do the minimum um, that they need to do with their job in order to not get fired. But that's not a godly way. And people might get defensive and say, oh, well, but our employers are not paying us just wages or this or that. Mm -hmm. And those things may be true. And I'm not saying that we submit to injustice. But at the same time, we we live in a generation that's very entitled. And so scripturally, we're supposed to work and everything that we say and everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord. We don't do it as unto men. Well, let's speak the do truth. it to give him glory. Yeah. And so the, the picture of meekness, the picture of, of surrendered strength is I'm not doing this job because my boss is watching me or because my colleagues are watching me or because mm -hmm. I want that bonus. Mm -hmm. But I am doing this job in a way that honors God um, in everything that I say and in everything that I do. And I, and that may mean that I go above and beyond the job description, um, not to make my coworkers look bad, but because I'm a person of integrity. And that's just one practical example, but it's true in our, in our marriages. It's true in our friendships, um, being a friend, you know, that, that goes above and beyond, um, not only because of what you can get in return from, a from a network relationship, but mm -hmm. because they're a brother or sister made in the image of God. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some real practical, applications to to this image of of meekness that we don't live our life 
with violence. When we're driving down the road, when we're in the workplace, we're not always demanding to get what's ours, but instead we're surrendered to the influence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this is such an important uh, message because he's, he, in the context, you know, we didn't mention this, but understanding the historical context in which Jesus lived and breathed into ministry mm. and in which he's preaching this specific sermon, yeah. the crowd would have had a certain expectation. They were waiting for a, a nationalistic Messiah, someone who would rise up and lead a revolution and become king and reestablish the nation of Israel. And with this uh, manifesto, for lack of other word, I don't mm. he makes it clear that he is that Messiah. This is one of his first declarations of he's speaking with the authority that he is the son of man that they've been waiting for. But he is pronouncing that his kingdom will not be established with swords and with clubs, yeah, yeah. but it will be on the poor in spirit, on those who mourn, on the meek. Um, those, and, and as we'll see, I mean, those who are peacemakers and persecuted. So it's literally the picture of the opposite of what you would have expected. They're waiting for this, you know, knight in shining armor Messiah to come and overthrow Roman rule yeah. and the occupation, the military occupation that they're living in. And, and he comes and he says, well, I'm here, but I am not doing what you expect me to do. And this is, this is how my kingdom functions. And I'm going to lay it out right from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, and this is a perfect way to move on to to the next part of of this teaching, and uh, I love that Trish brought this up. Let's look at it, the history because the next thing it says, and they will inherit the earth, or inherit the word for earth. There is actually also means land. So the land, this word inherit the earth, the land has been said many many times from Abraham all the way down. To, for, to the last prophet. They always talk about this promised land. We always hear about this promise, the land that God is going to give to the Jewish people. So here's a rabbi talking to Jewish people that you're going to inherit the land. Right. This, and that specific phrase had meaning, and it was used, the, the words inherit the land are used over and over and over again through scripture. And some of it, some of it is for the fulfillment now some of it is for future fulfillment some of it honestly in our western for those who are listening who are in you know the united states and have a western mindset it it may sound really foreign to our ears but there are listeners all around the world um, who tune into court who may under have a very harsh understanding of living in a military occupied state and so when you talk about inheriting the land one of the key things that people hear is freedom mm. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to, to worship to God, gather. to gather with loved ones, freedom from violence and war. And there's so many places around the world right now that don't have that, that aren't living in that way. They don't have peace in their neighborhoods. They don't have peace in their homes. Um, I mean, we live in Chicago, so although we're not in the middle of, uh, there's gang violence that's, you know, it's its, its own type of territorial war. So people all, you know, we might have a little bit of a grasp of this, but when you hear inherit the earth, what they're saying is that the earth will be at rest, the earth will be at peace, and that the people, it will belong to the people, that they will have freedom. They will not be in a military occupied state. Yeah, and saying that with Romans all around you might not have been a good idea for Jesus. And the interesting 
fact about this, if you read the Beatitudes in Luke, who mostly wrote the book to the Greek and Romans, he did not mention that, <laughs> that Beatitudes about giving the land, where Matthew mostly... It was important because yeah. it was written mostly to the to Jewish, Jewish audience. People. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't mean that it's exclusive, but it is a promise that is specifically for the Jewish people. And at that time, yeah. At that time, but it, it also is for the rest of us because, again, when you see Genesis, God blesses them and tells them to subdue the earth, right? And then in Revelation, we get this beautiful picture again of the new heaven and the new earth. And God's people get to reign with him um, over this new earth. And so it, it is the whole earth. But there's this phrase specifically carries the weight of inherit the land, meaning the promised land, meaning the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the land of their people. It had the connotation of that you will be at peace. You will be free from foreign dominion. And, and you will have freedom. Um, so Psalm 37 is a, is a really key place to look if you want to see uh, this phrase, inherit the land, is repeated multiple times. Uh, some of it is translated a little bit differently in the English, but in the original text, I believe it appears, uh, I want to say seven times. Um, I'd have to double check that. But it, it is here several times, the word inherit and, and inherit the land. And I just want to read so that you can get a glimpse of the, the weight of this word. Uh, it says in verse 8, refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. Verse 9. Evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So again, Jesus' Beatitudes, he's not teaching anything that is new. It's countercultural, but it's things that God has been saying since the mm -hmm. beginning. Yeah. He's saying you will inherit the land, but not through violence, not through bloodshed. Even David, he was not allowed to build the temple because he had... He had too much blood on his hands, God yeah. said. So he left it for his son to build. So there's there's a, an account of the lifeblood of, of humanity. And so violence is met with violence. And God says, those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And then verse 10 and 11, and again, there's more here, but we'll just read this. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Jesus copied from... from well, we told you that, that these Beatitudes were taken from other places. And so it literally says, the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. And so the irony in this entire phrase is he says, congratulations to the meek. Congratulations, because those who wave the white flag and surrender will find freedom. Those who surrender will find peace. And we're not surrendering to the ways of this world. We're surrendering yeah. to God. To God, yeah. And it's this beautiful image of the upside down kingdom being made right side up that we don't gain the kingdom of God through violence. You know, we don't gain power in this world through manipulative or evil means, but through total and complete surrender to the Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. I love um, when we're studying this, we're discussing this word inherit. Like that you inherit something when somebody dies, right? And we're looking at this text that we're going to inherit the land, this land that was promised to us after death. So we, we got to look to the cross and we see Jesus dying for us. And we have this, because of his death and resurrection, he says that I have to go up 
to my father so I could send you the comforter, right? The comforter will come back. And we get to inherit this. And then we inherit the land. And uh, the most powerful thing about this, if you think about inheritance, is that you, the person who receives that inheritance, you did nothing. You did absolutely nothing but had a relationship with the one who owned the land before you. That, that's to me that that's 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 so beautiful of how God put this all together. The earth is his the earth and everything is in his. it. And yeah. yet he died and resurrected in order to share it with us so that and, it would become our inheritance. And we did nothing but just had relationship with him. And it says in Revelation five, uh, verse ten, you have made them to be a kingdom of priests and to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Mm. So his kingdom and his throne is in heaven, and he brings a new heaven and a new earth. And we are meant to reign with him. We are meant to be a kingdom of priests and servants to the Lord our God. What a beautiful picture of eternity. Very beautiful picture that we get to see. And uh, the something that Jesus was promising to us and uh, telling us about it all along. And I love the fact that even while we wait for that, not yet, that even in this lifetime, mm -hmm. we can find freedom through surrender. Yeah. Not by embracing our free will, because that just leads us down <laughs> the path of sin and death, yeah. but to become, ironically, slaves to righteousness mm -hmm. and surrender. And as we do, we find freedom, freedom from the cares of this world, freedom from the rat race, freedom from all the worries and all the things that would hold us back, everything that entangles us, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we find freedom and inherit the earth in that way. Yeah, what you just said goes, and we'll end at this with Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. It says, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. And that gentle word means meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is our comforter. That is our savior. And it reminds me of that picture of Psalm 23, where the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm -hmm. He leads me beside still waters, and he has me lay down in green pastures. That's what meekness looks like when we get to inherit the earth, that we find rest, we find peace, even though there may be chaos all around us, we find that just by submitting to his presence. Amen. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.